Hey, what's up? And thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word and subjects related to it. And I do my best to help myself and others understand God's Word, that we might keep God's law and observe it with our whole hearts. In this episode, I'm continuing or beginning. Uh, this is technically the second episode after an introduction episode called The Gospel in Newsprint. This is where I am going to a past work of a godly brother in Christ, um, our brother J.K. Gossett, the Gospel in Newsprint. This is a bound volume of, of articles that um, he wrote uh, in years past that I want to be uh, used again. I want them to be resur- I want them to resurface. I want them to be uh, used again, and the truths in them circulated again. And I'm giving him the credit for them, uh, and of course, the Word of God, uh, the credit that God's Word deserves. The first episode is about Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 15 and 16, and I'm going to be reading this article as it was originally given, given, and then I'll pause from time to time and make some uh, comments and give some of my thoughts. And um, <clears throat> hopefully it will be in a way that you will benefit and you'll understand uh, the original context of the article, keeping in mind that these were articles originally that uh, Kenneth Gossett wrote in the uh, Jonesboro Sun, at least most of them. Uh, were articles that he wrote in The Sun, the paper here uh, that has been in Jonesboro for a long time. I understand that that paper is no longer printed here in Jonesboro, but nonetheless, there still is, as of today, uh, July 20th, 2023, the Jonesboro Sun paper uh, that represents um, the city here and local people in this area. The original article that I want to share with you in this one, in newsprints today, it's titled, A Question from Kaiser. Kaiser is a small uh, city uh, north and west, mostly, uh, I shouldn't say west, north and east of here, perhaps even more east than north. I'd have to look at the map exactly. But Kaiser is a small uh, town, small city on the uh, Mississippi River. The uh, article says, and I quote, A reader in Kaiser, Arkansas, sent the following question. Why does God's word not say, but he that believeth not and is baptized not shall be damned? And then uh, Kenneth has in parentheses, see Mark 16, 15, and 16. Well, most of my listeners are familiar with this passage, but if you're not, I want to read it because the passage that we're considering needs to be on our minds. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, this is in the context of Jesus appearing to the 11 apostles after his resurrection, verse 14. And he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So the original article is a question from an individual in the city of Kaiser, Arkansas. And it doesn't say the year. I don't know how long ago. But the person asked, Why doesn't the word of God say, But he that believeth not and is baptized not shall be damned? And now here for the uh, actual article and comments by um, Kenneth Gossett. He wrote, The New Testament places great emphasis upon faith, 
faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in the blood of Christ, and faith based upon the Word of God. And I couldn't agree more. I'll stop there. He references John chapter 20, verses 20 and 21, where John wrote, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, I should say, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And then he also references Romans chapter 10, verse 17, where in the context of the gospel and the prophets and uh, salvation and uh, Christ being the goal of the law, Romans 10, 4, the Apostle Paul wrote that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The article continues, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six. And again, another passage, probably one of my favorite verses in Scripture. And what uh, Kenneth is emphasizing here, I do believe, is that faith is emphasized in Scripture. Faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in the blood of Christ, and faith based upon what the Scriptures teach. And that without faith, it is impossible to to please God. Hebrews 11:6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, that is God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The article says, no one who believes the Bible will question the necessity of faith. However, if our querist by his question is seeking to establish the theory of salvation by faith only, then he missed it by a country mile. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, Matthew seven twenty one. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say, Luke six forty six. The great book of Romans, which is often abused and misused in the futile effort to establish the theory of faith only, begins, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith, that is the gospel, among all nations for his name, Romans 1.5. The gospel was made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, Romans 16. 25 and 26. And again, the article continues. Kenneth continues. Luke wrote concerning the baptism of John and all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized by him. Luke chapter 7 Verses 29 and 30. From the first day of the preaching of the gospel, those who gladly received the word were baptized without delay. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Note what is said of the Samaritans. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women, Acts chapter 8, verse 12. I'm going to pause there in the article. I love how his response is straightforward. It's simple, and it's biblical, and it's true to the context of Scripture. 
Let me do a brief review of what he said so far. He says, look, the New Testament places great emphasis upon faith, faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in the blood of Christ, and faith based upon the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Nobody that believes the Bible is going to question the necessity of faith. But these passages do not establish the theory of salvation by faith only. And if a person thinks that, they've missed it by a country mile, in his words. And then he quotes Jesus in multiple places as saying, we must do God's will. And even he references passages in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is, is often, so often abused and, 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 and mistaught and butchered to say that faith alone is what saves. It absolutely does not teach that faith alone saves. And Kenneth points that out so well. He references the two bookends, if you will, of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, and Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. How at the beginning and the end of the uh, powerful epistle of Romans, the apostle Paul emphasizes obedience. He says, look, I'm writing this for the obedience to the faith so that people will obey the gospel. They'll live by the truth. It's not about faith alone. Romans does not teach faith alone. And then he references Luke 7, verse 29 and 30, and talks about how Luke said concerning the baptism of John that those who heard John and did what John told them according to God's word, they justified God, being baptized with the baptism that he taught that was from God. But there were many individuals who instead were not baptized by John because they rejected it. And in rejecting what John taught them, they were rejecting the counsel of God. Luke 7, verses 29 and 30. And I might add this. If a person rejected what John taught, and he was a prophet of God, so that was rejecting what God said, what is a person doing when they reject what the, the prophet of God, the king, the son of God, the Lord, the high priest is saying, and what he has taught Jesus Christ himself. Well, that person is rejecting the counsel of God. They are rejecting the Son of God himself. And then in the article he says, look, from the first day of the preaching of the gospel, those that gladly received the word were baptized without delay. They did not delay in, in, in being baptized. Instead, they were baptized that same day. And he references also Acts chapter 8, which was a completely different city and a, and a little bit different circumstance, but it was the same truth. The same need of salvation was there. Acts chapter 8, verse 12, he references Luke as writing, when Philip, but when they, and notice that word when, an adverb of time, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. When were they baptized? When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. No delay there. No, let's wait for the fifth Sunday, the tenth Sunday, or once a year, or every five years. No, that same day, Acts 2.41. When they believed, Acts 8.12. Now, here's the last paragraph of this article, <clears throat> the original article. Kenneth writes, only believers can be baptized under the gospel inasmuch as an unbeliever is lost already 
because of his unbelief, Jesus simply said, He that believeth not shall be condemned. Surely this does not negate the Lord's previous statement. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Suppose a person doesn't believe what Jesus said. Can he be saved? And that's the end of the article. I like how he went straight to the matter and he addressed the issue. He addressed it in the entire article, but at the very end, uh, he nailed it. He nailed it to the wall there. And there's a passage that I would like to add to this for your continued consideration. Okay, again, he writes, Only believers can be baptized under the gospel. That is absolutely true. Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized. See, a person to be baptized according to the teachings of Jesus must first believe. Only believers can be baptized under the gospel. And since an unbeliever is already lost... Because of that unbelief, Jesus simply said, He that believes not shall be condemned. He didn't have to say, And he that believes not and is baptized not will be condemned. Because in saying, He that believes not will be condemned or shall be condemned, does not negate what he had just said. And that's the way a lot of religious groups and religious leaders teach it. They'll say, well, Jesus didn't say, he that believes not and is baptized not. That means you don't have to be baptized to be saved. You only have to believe. So you mean to tell me Jesus made a contradictory statement, two statements that, that are opposed to each other. You mean to tell me that a person can believe without being baptized when Jesus just promised that those who believe and are baptized will be saved. What kind of convoluted stuff? Well, I'll tell you what it is, folks. It's when your denominational dogma, you are loyal to it over what the Scriptures teach and you have to uphold what your religious leaders teach or what your commentaries say instead of taking the Scriptures at face value. Surely Jesus saying, He that believes not will be condemned does not negate Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. What if a person doesn't believe what Jesus said? Can that person be saved? No, they cannot. And again, here's the reference that I wanted to also add to this. John chapter 3, we're familiar with verses 16 and 17, about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now listen to this. He who believes in him, this is John 3.18, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Pause there. Let's break that down. So just after Jesus said that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, he says, he who believes, and the word there is a present active participle. He who believes and continues to believe in him is not damned, is not condemned. 
The person who continues to believe in Christ will not be condemned. But, notice this, he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten. He has not continued to believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So how is it that the person who does not believe is condemned already? What, how is that? What is that? Because their unbelief has kept them from acting on what is necessary. And according to the context of Mark 16, verse 16, one of those things that was necessary because Jesus promised salvation to those that believe and are baptized, one of those things that is necessary. But unbelief will keep a person from acting on what is necessary is baptism. So when you hear people saying, well, you have to be saved to obey Jesus, but you don't have to obey, or excuse me, but you don't have to be baptized to be saved. Or if you get baptized, that's working your way to heaven or that's adding to the finished work of Christ and all these kinds of things. You will not find those kind of sentiments in the scriptures. Instead, what you'll find is that without the death of Jesus, salvation was not possible and that the gospel teaches such. And it also teaches how a person gets into Christ, how a person enjoys salvation. And it's summarized in the statement of Jesus in the Great Commission by saying, whoever believes and is baptized, will be saved. So the question in Mark 16, 16 is not why does it say whoever believes not will be condemned. The real question to be asked is why do people remove the and? Why do so many professing Christians, especially religious leaders, say whoever believes will be saved and then can be baptized? Why do they take the passage and twist it around because what they're doing is they're, they're, they're being loyal to their theology instead of what the passage teaches. So when a person looks at Mark 16 and they ask, even if it's sincere, well, Jesus, why did he say that whoever does not believe will be condemned? Because that's the only condition necessary to cause a person not to act in faith. Unbelief. As a matter of fact, that's the summation of why people don't obey God. Unbelief. Whether, whether they're a Christian or not. Again, John 3, 18, he who continues to believe in him is not condemned, but he who does not continue to believe is condemned already because he has not continued to believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, they are condemned already because their unbelief has kept them from acting on what is necessary. So, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. A person who does not believe Jesus at his word is not going to be baptized. That's why it doesn't say he who does not believe and is not baptized will be condemned because a person who does not believe will not be baptized. I would never be baptized into Christ if I did not believe Christ, if I did not believe him to be who he claimed to be. Now, this article in the Gospel Newsprint, uh, called The Gospel in Newsprint, was originally just titled as a question from Kaiser because it was a question that was asked about Mark 16. And Kenneth gave a very simple, uh, basic, and biblical explanation straight to the point. And I really like it, and it's a, it's a thing, it's a, it's a passage and a subject and a concept that is often asked today. And I hope that I have addressed it in the same way he has, simple, basic, and biblical. I hope that 
uh, someone listening to this, if they believed otherwise, they've been given at least enough of the passages they can think and seriously question why they would try to remove baptism uh, from the uh, conditions that God has required upon a on, upon a person in order to be saved, in order to enjoy salvation. He who does not believe will be condemned because their unbelief has already prevented them from doing what was necessary in order to be saved. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, this is the technically the first episode where I'm taking the Gospel and Newsprint, uh, a collection of news articles written by uh, Gospel preacher J.K. Gossett, and I am just using them as as podcast episodes because they're worthy to be uh, read and used and taught. And I, I believe and I trust that reading them and quoting them as they are, not altering them in any way, I do believe uh, that he and others would be um, pleased and also um, they would support um, such an effort so that people can see you know, the truth clearly. And also so that people can enjoy something from the past that is true, good, and right and enjoy it again. A resurfacing of it, I think I've said, so that we can enjoy something that we, we love and we appreciate. And so in all of this, uh, I hope that you have been blessed. This will be titled as Newsprint, Mark sixteen sixteen. He That Believes Not. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Subscribe to the podcast channel. Share the episode or any episode. Click like and uh, comment. Give me a rating, a review. That will help me and help this effort. It will help us online for others to see this material and its availability. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.